1: and this is the cook-along podcast today we're gonna make something with a name that has two of my favorite food words in it brownie cookies brownie cookies I mean really I've been thinking about making these with you for a really long time they're pretty easy with one possible exception you probably have all of the ingredients already in your house the possible exception being bittersweet chocolate chips I'm gonna to confess to you that I don't have enough bittersweet chocolate chips, but I have the label. I'm using a Girard Deli and it says that they are 60% cocoa. And I have some dark chocolate chunks that are 62% cocoa. So I figure that's close enough that I can fill in. But obviously, the darker your chocolate, the more intense your brownie cookies are gonna be. These are fun, they're chewy. They are not just chocolate cookies. You'll find other chocolate cookies on my website, which, by the way, is the cookalongpodcast.com. But these are more fudgy. They're more, uh, you know, like a good brownie should be. Not dry and not chewy exactly, but dense and moist. And so they're fun to eat, I'm afraid. That's maybe not a good thing in your house. It's probably not a good thing in my house but I like them. Unlike many cookies, this takes an extra step and so don't panic about it, it's a very easy step. It's just that we have to melt some things before we can actually mix the cookies together. That's easily done, but I wanna list your equipment so you know what you need on hand in order to make these. You'll need a small saucepan and obviously something to stir with. You'll need some parchment paper and a cookie sheet, some kind of baking sheet. Well, a bowl, obviously. Oh, and a mixer. And so that can be a hand mixer or it can be a stand mixer. All right, now let's talk about the list of ingredients. The list is... Hold on. My apron's on backwards. It's on inside out and I have no pockets. Hold on. Okay, that's fixed. So I I don't usually wear an apron when I cook i'm not smart enough to do that i'd rather get my clothes dirty all the time apparently but i do wear an apron when i am doing a podcast because there are pockets for me to put my recorder in and i couldn't get to a pocket i kept fishing for the pocket and it wasn't there and so and turn my apron that's why it was relevant for me to stop the other side around okay now the list of ingredients Bittersweet chocolate chips, as I mentioned, and you want a cup and a half of those. You want one stick or a half a cup of unsalted butter, three large eggs, one cup of granulated sugar, a quarter of a cup of brown sugar. See, any cookie where they mix those kinds of sugars always kind of excites me. Two teaspoons of vanilla extract, a half a teaspoon of baking powder, half a teaspoon of salt, three quarters of a cup of flour, and a quarter of a cup of unsweetened cocoa powder. And if you are trying to decide whether to use natural or dutched cocoa, you might check out my blog about that, which is on the website. I think it's even titled something like natural or Dutch process question mark. Anyway, if you type in cocoa, you'll find it. There's a search bar you can use for that. In general, I'll just give you kind of the overview, which is the dutched. It's less acidic, so it has less of a sharp flavor, which allows the cocoa flavor to kind of shine through a little bit more. So it's a little more chocolate. It's also darker, so it makes a darker appearance of things. But I still recommend you check out the article. It's really pretty interesting. Now your do-aheads. If you're going to bake these today, you want to preheat your oven to 350 degrees and line your baking sheet with parchment paper. Now the reason I present that as an option is because I'm not going to cook mine all at once. I'm going to cook mine a couple at a time and I do that by sticking the whole thing in the freezer. Actually, that's not quite accurate. What I do is I make them into the balls of the size that I would use to make cookies. And instead of putting them in the oven on a cookie sheet, I put them in the freezer on a cookie sheet. And when they're hard, I put them into a Ziploc bag and pull them out a couple at a time. And that does two things for me. First it keeps me from eating half a dozen of them at once. And secondly, it means that when I make the cookies, they're always warm. I always have, just out of the oven cookies instead of a bunch that sit around and get harder or drier. So that's what I'm doing today. You do not have to. You can certainly bake them up right now. It'll make about 24 cookies. And I recommend that you do at least some today just because they're yummy. I don't make things that aren't yummy. So now we're gonna use the saucepan at this point and we wanna put the cube of butter into the saucepan. Again, that's it's half a cup, which is a stick. And along with that, we're gonna put the chocolate chips. Your cup and a half of bittersweet or very dark chocolate chips. Put them in the pan and turn the pan on to low heat. Not really low. I mean, I have a marking on my stove that says low, and if I put it in that low, I'll be standing here for hours and it should not take hours to do this part. So I'm going to put it between two and three and get a silicone spatula thing to stir with. And while that gets started, it doesn't need to be stirred until it starts to melt. So as that starts to just melt a little bit, I am going to go to the next step, which is to crack three eggs into your mixing bowl. This is the one you're going to beat them in. So your stand mixing bowl or whatever you're gonna use with your hand mixer. So the eggs just get cracked in there. Huh, this is the weirdest thing. I don't think I'm gonna use this egg. It's kind of, uh, the white is kind of green. I've never seen that before. I guess maybe it's been around too long, I don't know. All right, rinsing out my bowl and starting over. And at this point, I bet I've lost my lead on the melting process. Yeah, there goes the butter. So now I'm going back to the pan, and we can just stir here for a little bit. It melts pretty fast. Even the chocolate is already starting to melt. The goal here is to get it to melt, and then we're going to just stir it until it's smooth and all the chips are completely melted. You know what? I got a moment here again. I'm gonna crack another egg. That's better. Wow, that was just so odd. Okay, that's fine. Oh, Yeah, that one kind of went all over. You know, um, commercial eggs sometimes have what seem to be kind of thin shells. I remember being told when I was a kid that if the shell is really hard to crack, I mean, it came from a healthy chicken. I don't know if that's true or not. I do know that when I have a friend give me eggs and they're like brown eggs straight from the chicken and they haven't been through any kind of pasteurization process, they're a lot harder to crack. So here's my third egg now. I had to get another one out of the fridge. Okay. Now, back to my pot here. How are we doing here? You know, the chips are melting faster than the butter. I'm just breaking the butter up with the spatula a little bit into smaller pieces. That should help it melt a little faster. Oh, it smells good. If you like chocolate, anyway. And if you don't, what the heck are you doing making this recipe with me? All right, stepping back to the other bowl. I'm gonna add to the eggs a cup of regular granulated sugar. Just level it off at the top with with my hand and pour it in. And then we're gonna put in a quarter of a cup of packed brown sugar. So, get your brown sugar out and jam it into the quarter of a cup that's a little more than i need there we go and put that in with the eggs and then back to check the chocolate and the butter yeah oh this is so pretty it's lumpy yet i mean it's not ready but it's it smells amazing and it's beautiful even with the bits of butter that are still in there it's just it's just beautiful i love like holding it to the light, tipping it so I can see it. What is it about melted chocolate that is so lovely? All right, I'm gonna go back now to this other thing. You don't have to do it this way. You could do one thing at a time, although I know I'm confusing that by the way we're doing it today. Anyhow, all right, in with the eggs and the sugar. Now we're gonna put the vanilla. Two teaspoons, so that's a lot of vanilla. And I'll be honest, I am using a vanilla extract made by Penzi's Spices called Double Strength. So that means that although I'm only using two teaspoons of liquid, I'm putting in twice as much vanilla. And I do that in my baking just because I really think that the denser vanilla is a lovely, a lovely component, a lovely, yeah component. But you can use any regular vanilla. You can even use imitation vanilla. And in fact, this is really good. If you haven't read this blog, you you must. That's all. You just must. It's about imitation vanilla versus the real thing. And you know, with the prices of vanilla, maybe you don't know, but vanilla is exorbitantly expensive right now because of some occurring natural and uh, man-made kinds of disasters in Madagascar where most of our vanilla comes from. So it's really, I'm stirring while I'm talking to you. I hope you are too. I should have said that. We're just stirring while I talk. The butter's almost melted. The chocolate chips look like they are melted. But we're just stirring it until it gets smooth. Anyhow, this blog talks about Imitation Vanilla, and why you should not turn your nose up at it, actually. There are some, in particular, that are uh, preferred in a blind taste test by some prestigious chefs. They didn't know that they were tasting Imitation Vanilla, and that's what they chose. So, again, the website, thecookalongpodcast.com, and into that search bar, type in chocolate. No, vanilla, we did the chocolate one, type in vanilla and it'll bring that article up. My chocolate is now smooth. So we're just gonna remove it from the heat, set it aside and let it just sit there for a bit and come back to the one with the eggs. So what we have in the bowl with the eggs now are the three eggs, the cup of sugar, the quarter of a cup of brown sugar and the vanilla extract. Now we're going to add the baking powder, which is a half a teaspoon. If I can get it open. There we go. Half a teaspoon of baking powder. And the salt, which is also a half a teaspoon. And now we're ready to mix it up. So put your bowl on your stand or get your hand mixer ready and we're just going to start it out on slow just because otherwise things start to splash. And as things kind of get mixed in a little bit, we're going to turn it up a little at a time. What we want to do is get it up to high and then set a timer for five minutes. So it's going to do its thing for some time. So just a little at a time, keep working the mixer up to speed, and it's gonna get harder for you to hear me. Get your mixer up to high and then set your timer and then come back to me and I'll tell you the next step.
0: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role
1: All right, welcome back. So now what you have is a bowl, at least what I have here is a bowl of really creamy, thick, bubbly, it looks like it looks like a root beer float, or maybe pancake batter. And then it's splashed all around the outside of the bowl. And normally what we would do is scrape that down, but I'm not gonna worry about that because we're gonna do that in a minute. What you wanna do now is get your chocolate, that melted chocolate that you did with the butter, and we're gonna pour that into this bowl that we've been mixing things in. So here's where you need your rubber spatula to be sure you get all of this chocolate. Please don't leave any behind. It makes me crazy when people scoop things out. You're watching them online or on TV or whatever and they scoop out the bowl and all they do is like pour it and leave everything, and they leave a bunch of it in the bowl. Why would you do that? So please use a rubber spatula or silicone scraper or whatever get the stuff out of the pan and into the bowl with the stuff you just mixed up and then scrape off the scraper so that you get that chocolate in there too and then probably you should find somebody to hand that scraper to who can clean it off with their fingers and maybe the pan as well because it's good stuff what you got in this pan or had in this pan and on this scraper so I don't know maybe that person who gets to clean it off is you Okay, now put your mixer blade down in and mix it up again. And just keep mixing it until the chocolate's all mixed in. And it's kind of fun to watch this because it doesn't look like there's any chocolate for a while except maybe like right in the middle. And then it starts to turn light brown and then it'll get darker. Oh, you know, I forgot a step here. Here's where I was gonna use this scraper. See, you can't save the scraper. As we need to use it to scrape down the sides of this other bowl now, because there's all this egg and sugar batter on the sides of the mixing bowl. Well, you can still save the pan. Save the chocolate pan for somebody to clean up. Okay. Now that we've scraped that back all down into where things are mixing, put the blade back down in. Turn on your mixer. And now we go back to watching the chocolate go from not even there to a rich, dark brown batter. Turn it up just a little bit. And this is pretty too. It's not as pretty as, you know, what we were watching in the pan, but it's really beautiful. If you need to stop and scrape down the pan, or the bowl, go ahead and do that. Mine seems to be mixing a okay. bouquet. It's getting darker brown all the time. While that's continuing to mix, just on low, we're gonna go and get the flour. And of course, we're gonna measure it the right way, which is to take a spoon and the measuring cup. Start by stirring up the flour so that it's aerated a little bit and not packed down. Stir up the flour in the container of origin. (laughs) And then scoop, just lightly spoon in to your measuring cup until you have 3 quarters of a cup. Don't pack it, don't shake it. Just put it in until you have it to the measuring line. And then that's ready to go. All right, let's look at this over here. Oh yeah, oh it got beautifully dark. Yeah, there'll be pictures of this on the website. Now, take your flour and dump it in there. It's only three quarters of a cup. It's not a lot. That's how you know it's going to be sort of dense and rich. And then, because more chocolate is better than less chocolate, get your quarter cup of unsweetened cocoa. Powdered cocoa. Just scoop it up, level it off, dump it in, and turn your mixer back on. And let it all mix in together. This is just really low. You're just kind of stirring it in. And we don't need to stir it very long. We just until the white stuff and lumps sort of disappear. It should be just until it's combined. So I got some cocoa powder hanging on there, and I'm going to scrape it again because a bunch of the cocoa powder sort of splashed up onto the the sides of my bowl. Okay, well, it doesn't really want to come off there either. Oh well, so be it. That's okay. I'll turn it on for just a second here to get that last bit in. Okay! And we're gonna call that good. Don't overmix it or you'll mess up the texture on these cookies. So now we have a completed batter and we're gonna take the blade out and clean it off and make sure all the batter's down in the bowl. And then you're gonna cover it with plastic or foil or a pan lid or whatever you want and stick it in your refrigerator. You know, that should have been a do ahead, shouldn't it? I should have said make room in your refrigerator for this large bowl before we start. But that's alright, it won't hurt it to sit around while you get the refrigerator ready. Scrape off your stuff, get it all down in the bowl, cover the bowl, put the bowl in the refrigerator, set a timer for 30 minutes, and then come back to me! Alright, pull that batter out of the fridge And this is the last step. So spread your parchment paper out on your cookie sheet. I'm just going to bake two and I'm going to freeze the rest. There's my timer saying that a half hour is up. So get a tablespoon measure, a tablespoon measure, and scoop it heaping. So it's almost round. So you've got really here about a tablespoon and a half and put that, drop that onto your parchment paper. That's the size you want for the cookies. And really, all you're gonna do now is bake them. Oh, it's still a little soft. If it seems too soft, you can leave it in the fridge a little bit longer. I think I'm gonna put mine back in. But I'm gonna bake two so I have a photo to show you. And then, like I said, I'm gonna freeze the rest of them anyway so i will just make these into the balls of the right size put them close together on a cookie sheet stick the cookie sheet in the freezer leave it there for a couple of hours or a few hours and then when they're nice and hard pull them back out and put them into a ziploc bag and put the instructions on the outside of the ziploc bag and the instructions are these you should keep two inches between these balls of dough because they're going to spread as they bake And then you're gonna put them in a 350 degree oven until the edges are set, but the center looks still soft, which takes about 15 minutes. At that point, pull them out, cool them off or not. Cool them for a minute anyway. And then they're yours to enjoy. And like I said, if you choose to freeze them, you can pull them out two at a time. And then anytime you have them for dessert, That was my oven reaching temperature they'll always be warm and fresh baked and i do this with all of my cookies now unless they specifically say you have to cook them right away anything that i can make into individual cookies and freeze that's what i do so i could have two different kinds of cookie one evening and they're both fresh baked how often do you get that anywhere even from a bakery so it's really a kind of a cool thing to do to think ahead that far And with that suggestion for your future cookie eating, I'm going to leave you for the day. I hope you like these cookies. I think that you will. If you like chocolate, there's nothing to not like here. Please visit the website where you can see pictures of today's cookies and the ingredient list ahead of time. And all kinds of other recipes. There's some really lovely dinner recipes that you could have before these cookies. There are other cookie recipes because cookies are kind of my thing. So there are a lot of cookie recipes. And then the blogs, like I mentioned, which are both informative and fun. And just in case you're worried, they're also all really short. So you can read them in a jiffy. So until next time, happy cooking.
0: Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
1: If you're enjoying this podcast, you can make a contribution through the supporter link on every Cookalong podcast page or go to Ko-fi, ko-fi.com slash the cook podcast. Thanks for your support and thanks for listening.